Here he is. And I say Hewitt. I know it's Hewitt, Dave, but I know you used to speak with uh, Phil Gifford all the time and he used to describe you as Dave Hewitt. That's where it came from. Do you mind? <laughs> no, that's fine, mate. Good to talk. And uh, great to have you on. So how is it, uh, Southland coach? How are you feeling after you? We're going to talk All Blacks rugby shortly, but i just got to get that in. How do you feel now you the first game under your belt, even though it was a loss? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, disappointed at that time. But then going through the videos afterwards, we actually were pretty happy with what we almost created one more pass or the right decision with with communication to provide that right decision we would have actually had some clear breaks so i am i am really upbeat about it the guys are in a good space we're in a uh, in a good space but we just got to execute what we have been putting on the on the uh, on the playing field and that'll come this weekend against Tasman all right we'll talk more about that later let's get to the flavor of the month because in about 12 hours time the all black team is going to be announced to take on and well history says beat up the wallabies at eden park on Saturday night, expectations around the changes. I don't think anything's going to happen in the pack. Uh, midfield, uh, the back three. That's uh, the, I wouldn't say problematic areas, Dave, but the reason where forces, change has been enforced on them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And obviously Ryan with his head knock is unfortunate or very unfortunate for him, but a replacement's going to have to be brought in. Um, I don't think there'll be many other changes than those ones, simply because they'll be the biggest critics around their first half performance and how they got it going in the second half, but they were wanting to make sure that they take another step and changing personnel doesn't help them do that. So I, I envisage, for the most part, a status quo apart from the forced change around Ryan. Mm, so that will be Anton Leonard-Brown, you believe, sliding straight in with maybe Nani on the bench? or well, I, I think so, and the reason for that is is continuity in, in the respect that he took the field, but he's also been in the group and played a lot. I mean, the, the uh, game against the Australians and the Bleslow is a really important match, so it's not one of those ones you want to mess around with. Not that there's a, an issue with the quality of the people underneath as well, it's just about uh, time in the saddle with partnerships, and that sort of thing makes a huge difference. So uh, Anton would probably get my nod, but uh, you can see what uh, the other boys do, or uh, Muppy and those boys are more than capable of spotting it as well, but just through experience, I think, Anton. And out the back, there's some enforced changes with um, Ioani not being involved in there. Is it as simple as just replacing that one man, or do you think they'll be tempted? I'm suggesting what you said before, they're not going to be tempted, but they might be tempted to maybe fiddle out there as well because they've got so many options in those three posses. Yeah, they have got options, but I don't think that I think it'll be replace the person rather than move somebody. Uh, again, for continuity, the the other guys were going pretty well in the positions they were in by the end of the game. Just cementing that going into knowing they're rolling into more rugby championship games, they're rolling into um, you know, the end of year tour, looking towards that sort of carry on. So there will be time to experiment with with new combinations, so to speak. But I don't think the players loads of time to do it. Dave Hewitt joining the programme. We're looking at this uh, Bledsoe Cup match coming up. What do the Wallabies have to do? What changes do they have to make? Uh, personnel, attitude, uh, ability to tackle, possibly, if I was being a bit mean about it, Dave? Yeah, you're right. But if you look at that first half that the Aussies rolled out, they forced the All Blacks into a fair bit of uh, pressure situation rugby and exposed um, a few cracks. That won't happen again from the All Blacks because you could argue there's a little bit of brustiness there from them. But if the Australians can produce what they did in the first half and then turn it up a couple of notches, then uh, I think we're in for a really good test match. It's not an easy ground to be, uh, or anywhere in New Zealand for the Australians, it's not a good hunting ground. But I think that if they do that and they bring the attitude that they brought for the start of that game, then she's all on for young and old. How do they not manage to keep it turned on for 80, though? You're right, the first 40 was terrific, well, the first 38 and a half, and then something went a bit pear-shaped just before the bell. But then, gone on that second half, that is more than coach-killing, isn't it? It is, and 
I think it's more to do with what the All Blacks did rather than what the Wallabies didn't do. Uh, they realised that their performance uh, wasn't up to the level that they expect of themselves uh, as a team. And there, I, I would imagine there was guidance put forward by not only from the coaches to, uh, to how to direct the play, but also from the leaders on the field that you know what, the way we're performing isn't an acceptable standard, so we need to make sure we increase it. And it was just being a bit more deliberate around what you do, around your passes, around making sure you take the ball in, you get the ball back again. You start executing that as an all-black pack and an all-black um, back attack is behind a Rolls-Royce pack. I think somebody mentioned uh, maybe a week or so ago. So get that right and then they've got a free licence. That started to happen and it was a case the Australians couldn't stay with it when it happened. So that's what I'm talking about. They're going to have to take a step up of what they did in order to, to get close to the All Blacks. Dave, let's talk about that Rolls-Royce pack because uh, key instruments in that Rolls-Royce pack, well, we saw one of them last week in Brodie Retallick killing it and Sam, Sam Whitelock notching up number 100. Owen Franks, it's all about the ton for him this weekend. Tell us a wee bit about that bloke, how he's lasted so long and why he's so damn good. Multiple reasons. I think he's always loved scrummaging. It's just one of his... Uh, one of his you know, even if he's not scrummaging, he's thinking about it. So it's, uh, and he prepares his body in order to be able to do it. His uh, prehab work, his rehab work, his nutritional nutritional sort of uh, intake is all geared around performance. Add to the top of that, you know, when he was younger, scrummaging was it, and that was it. But he's evolved his game about a catch and pass. He can defend. He can um, carry the ball. So he can. He's actually developed as a player over the years as well as continuing to be the world's best tight head. So he's evolved, and he's, but he's still got his core roles and done them really, really well. I don't think um, you might get a little smile out of him. You may get a little whiskey after the game, and that's about the end of him from a celebration point of view because he'll be back to work the next uh, next day for, for the game um, that's, the, that's following. So he's one of those guys that's just dedicated to the cause. How long's he got in the saddle, do you think? He's notching up 100 now. He's hardly in his 50s. No, he's um, he's a young man for a tight head. He started very young uh, and he's always been, had a, a, a sort of desire to be in that position and, and he, as I said, prepare himself for it. So I still think he's got a, a few more test matches in him. And who knows, the next World Cup, he, uh, he might continue on. I sort of don't see him as one of those players that would look to go offshore because uh, that's not his type of personality. It may, I may be proven incorrect, but he sort of reminds me a, a little bit of a white crocket, Richie McCaw, around that side of things, that he's a homegrown guy and he he wants to uh, do the best he can for the black jersey and then um, and then probably retire from the game. So uh, I think he'll be around for a bit longer. How long? Injuries may depend a little bit like that, but you've also got to look at what's coming through. Is there anyone pushing him out of the seat at the moment? I can't see that. No. Well, he's only 30 years old. I've just done a quick Google on him. So, yeah, he could have four to six years going like that. If, as you mentioned, he doesn't want to go and cash his cheque overseas. Yeah, he could. He's uh, he's certainly on the right side of the ledger when it comes to the position he plays. Um, and he's had his uh, Achilles... Uh, fixed, so and so he should his movement around the park and, and not not as much pain as it has been experiencing. So, provided he stays injury free, then yeah, four or five years is not beyond the realms of possibility. I love what he said in the uh, presser the other day, uh, talking about uh, with Scott Barrett talking about him, saying he calls me the human caravan. He tows me along. <laughs> in reference along to the, the right, yeah. in reference to the work he does, uh, astonishing, yeah. really is. Hey, look, that, that's all blacks. We're looking forward to it. Should be a rip snorter. We hope the Wallabies come with a little more, but we all hope that the uh, 
All Blacks uh, climb all over top of them in that second half. What about Mitre 10? This is your real focus. And it oh, should great. be your Mitre real 10, focus. Yeah, it is my real focus. And Mitre 10 is a great competition. It unlocks so much talent, not only um, in the smaller provinces like here in Southland, but in all of them, the, the Wellingtons and the and the and the Aucklands as well. So it's it, it's it's sort of the I think the same as first fifteen rugby from a development point of view. You see those guys develop into good mitre players, but mitre players into super and all blacks. And the role of the of the team in the mitre ten cup is to get performances, but also develop players and and other people as well to push through to keep the rugby stocks of New Zealand um, flowing. I suppose and. There's some talent coming out, coming through, and there's. I think there'll be a lot of guys that are essentially no names at this end of the competition, but get to the end of the ten week sprint, and then there's a few guys tapping on on Super Rugby doors that haven't been considered in the past. Not only young guys, but guys who've just been sort of um, bubbling away in the background, and now their opportunities have arisen. So. It's a great competition. It's played with a lot of royal, uh, uh, loyalty and, and rivalry. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to this weekend coming. Well, you've got to turn things around a wee bit. I don't want to make a point of it, but I will. It's almost bottom of the table playing, well, it is bottom of the table playing almost top of the table. That's a it's a big turnaround for you. You've got Tasman, who made Canterbury look pretty stupid last weekend. This is, uh, and you're up there in Blenheim as well. Pretty tough work for you, Dave. Oh, it is. It is. But what a great opportunity from our point of view because we've got nothing to lose. We just go out there and play our game as best we can against a team that are, are playing a really good brand of rugby. And they and, and so they should be, given the players they've got and the coaching staff are doing a great job. So our guys are not um, unaware of the uh, of the mountain that's in front of us, but they're all prepared to climb it, which is a great thing from our point of view. And like I said earlier, there was uh, decision-making issues around the finishing of the um, of the moves. However, we were creating opportunities, which is a real positive thing. And the other side, from our point of view, is that um, our defence was really good. Take out the driven lineouts; they'll take that. That's my responsibility. Um, we didn't score, or well, they didn't score any tries from a phase play point of view, which is what was really heartening. Great stuff. Carry on with it, Coach Hewitt, and thanks very much for joining yeah. the program. Go well this weekend. Thanks for that, mate.